Hey, this is Joey, and you're listening to the Global City Mission Podcast. Today, I'm joined by GCMI partner and director of Global Frontier Missions, Grant Hayes. Global Frontier Mission is based here in Atlanta. In 2000, Grant and his wife, Jennifer, launched GFM while they were working among unreached people groups in Oaxaca, Mexico. They started a Bible school to educate leaders among the indigenous people to make disciple and plant churches. Eventually, they felt the call to start a missionary school to raise up more workers who will go to reach the more than 3 billion people who've never heard about Jesus. Then in 2010, they launched a home base in Atlanta in a city called Clarkston. Clarkston is a refugee center in Southeast Atlanta with more than 20,000 people calling it home, 14,000 of which are internationals from all over, many from countries in the 1040 window. This has led GFM to be able to give experience to those who've come through the training school to live incarnationally among these different people groups. In 2021, GFM and GCMI began a formal partnership, allowing both agencies to come together to train, equip, and then send out workers into the harvest. On today's episode, we're going to talk about that partnership as well as learn more about Global Frontier Missions and how they're impacting the world. So let's pick up in the conversation where Grant and I are talking about the training process that they offer. All right, so let's jump right in. They are in the classroom in the mornings from about nine to one, just kind of learning missiology, language learning, culture, spiritual warfare, evangelism, church planning. And then in the afternoons, they're going out into the community, uh, meeting refugees from around the world. Uh, prayer walking, different uh, apartment complexes, getting invited into homes, lots of tea and coffee and chai, um, learning to cook foods from these different countries, meeting felt needs, kind of helping with after school program or English classes or driving people to doctor's appointments and then sprinkling in our, our conversations with salt of the gospel hoping to get people, you know, involved in Bible studies or invite them to churches or ethnic churches. And ultimately, I mean, we want to see some of these folks come to know Christ, get discipled, and maybe some of these indigenous people go back to their own countries as missionaries, or at least use WhatsApp and Zoom and some of the technology available. And we've seen people that have come to know Christ in Clarkston lead their family members back in Ethiopia and Burma to Jesus, which has been really awesome. Yeah, that's really cool to be able to um, really take advantage of that. Um that opportunity because you, you do, you have these, um, you know, you, we do, we are seeing this mobilization, this globalization and this migrant work. And so, you know, obviously we still want to, to send workers where they need to go, but what, the, the ability to take workers uh, who are indigenous and nationals and, and mm-hmm. put them back in that context is really um, amazing because it's sort of like a shortcut, you know, in a yep. way. We've had several people that came to our program to get training in order to go overseas. And then they did see sort of the strategic nature of a place like this uh, where we can make disciples of the nations that are here and they can maybe be more effective, less cultural shock, less language barriers, Mm -hmm. less worldview understanding. You know, people that come from a Muslim background, when they come to know Jesus, they just have a way of being able to share with other Muslims about their journey and the persecution they went through and why Jesus is worth it. So yeah, it's been pretty wild. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, And so um, for us, so what, you know, for you guys, you, you train, um, 
And of course, you know, end of last year, we partnered with you guys and I know other agencies partner with you guys. What does a part that partnership look like for you guys um, and us? Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So in general, there is sort of a gap in training way back in the day in the missions world. You know, we wouldn't send out missionaries unless you had Bible school and seminary and maybe five years of experience in a local church. And then, you know, the missions world looked and said, man, we've got to speed this process up a little bit. wait seven to 10 years to send people out there when people are dying and going into eternity without Christ. So then I think there's a pendulum swing where it's like, let's get them to the field quickly. Here's three books you need to read and come to our two week orientation down in Orlando or something like that. So now the missions world is trying to find a little bit more of a healthy balance of let's not slow down the process too quickly, but let's not launch people out there unprepared, kind of setting them up for failure. So kind of our relationship with organizations is a lot of people in-house can do their own training, but a lot of folks are starting to see the value of slowing down a little bit and spending five months in a place like Clarkston. So kind of the uh, arrangement we have is people send uh, folks our way for training. And then we send people to organizations for kind of long-term deployment, whether it's a group like GCMI, where we're going to place them in Chicago or Detroit or New York or San Francisco or places that have a ton of internationals, or we yeah. send them these with pioneers or African Lynn mission or one of those types of organizations. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, for, for an organization like us, that's a bit smaller, um, it works out great because, um, you know, we, we may locate someone who's excited, who wants to get, you know, really wants to go. And then, you know, we can, we can pass them to you guys know that they're going to get the training and education that they need and some experience, um, and, uh, get some prep. Uh, and that was really helpful for us because then that saves us quite frankly, the, the, the time to do that. We can, we can sort sort of outsource that to, if you will, to, to an organization, um, and then we, of course, can keep in touch with them and 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 sort of bring them into our fold when it's time. Um, right. So and then, of course, as you guys connect with people, too, because that's the other thing, like you guys have, your, you know, as these different people just find you guys um, through different methods, maybe different ways. Yeah. Um, you know, again, you guys get the training, they can get the education um, and, you know, we're getting well well, at least well-prepared people who are at least a step ahead. Exactly. Uh, You know, do you guys ever find that, um, or or maybe this is your own personal thought on it, you know, because I think the traditionally, as you were saying, you know, all this education, traditionally where we may mobilize, recruit people out of college, you know, like, oh, they just got their their intercultural degree or whatever. Right. Do Do you find like, do you find that there's still some value in maybe someone like that going through your, your pro- process too? Yeah. I mean, we've had people that actually got missions degrees. They have degrees in intercultural studies, but they, they felt like it was all academic and cerebral. Yeah. They're like, I need some practical skills. I need to see what this really looks like. So we've had several folks right out of college. We've had folks with their MDivs come and get the practical experience. And they said that that was, super valuable we've had newlyweds come through our program they're like that's what we want to do with our first six 
marriage. So there's pros and cons to having that be your first uh, experience as a married couple, but it's <laughs> yeah. been really positive for the people that have done it. We've had families with 10 kids go through the program before. And recently we've gotten a lot more empty nesters, like people yeah. getting their kids through college and they're like, I've got all this work and life experience and I want to use it for the kingdom. Like I want to serve Jesus in my golden years. So we've had everybody from young twenties all the way up through 72 was our oldest person that went through the training. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. That's one of the interesting things that we've run into as well. And I think that's a cool thing to say, like, you know, yeah, we want, um, obviously those young ones when they come in, I mean, you, you want the, you know, they, they are the ones that probably, you know, have the 20, 30 years that they can put into it, but it's cool because we ran into that too. A lot of people in, you know, in sort of in the retirement era who just say, Hey, look, I don't want to sit idly by and waste away my, my years. I want to do something great for Jesus. And that's really cool. I think, um, and it's encouraging to me because it makes me feel like, okay, cool. Like that's exactly what I need to be. Like, there's not a point where I just sort of turn off and I'm like, okay, I can retire, but I want to always be on mission for Jesus. Um, even until he takes me home. And so that's really been cool and encouraging as well. And I think for some of the churches that may be, that may listen to this podcast, some of the pastors listening, you know, you've got some of your seniors don't discount those seniors, man. Some of those, or, or some of those older members of your congregation, maybe hitting that age, they're like, Hey, what are we going to do for retirement? You know, well, have you ever considered using that retirement uh, in this new way of being, you know, especially those who are older, who maybe they've got some years, you know, they have an empty house, you know, they can, you know, their, their sort of life is, is more fluid than somebody with kids or, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I've heard like folks like those that are currently kind of accepting Afghan refugees into their home because they've got yeah. extra bedrooms or in-law suite or whatever. We've got a lot of retirees that come and volunteer in Clarkston, not necessarily with our organization. There's so many different nonprofits in Clarkston that are doing English yeah and after school programs and sewing classes for the women and entrepreneur classes for the refugees that are kind of go-getters and want to start a food cart or something like that. So yeah, there, there's lots of retirees and they make up a lot of the volunteer force in Clarkson, which has been amazing. Yeah. So um, let's, because, you know, we do have different people who listen to our, this podcast. We've got people who are on the field and then we've got people who are in the church world. We have pastors now checking out the podcast more. Um, and you know, one of the things that, that you and I've had conversations about before, and, and I know it's, it's on a lot of people's hearts, which is how do we continue to sort of encourage and build relations between churches and mission agencies? Because we're on the same team. Um, and, and, it, and I know there's sometimes a disconnect. I feel like as a pastor, I know for me, when I was in the church, you know, we loved our missions agencies and we love the people we supported. We know they're off doing their thing. And we're kind of doing our thing. It's kind of like you, you, you're in the same house, but everybody's kind of doing their own thing and they, they don't right. connect as much. Um, so, you know, what are some encouraging words that you would maybe, or some thoughts you have about like, how can churches and mission agencies better and missionaries better partner with one another or, or bridge that gap a little bit? Yeah, I would just say it just takes intentionality and just takes communication. 
the local church, you know, they've got so many programs going on and so many different things that are happening and plates that they're trying to keep spinning that mission sometimes gets put to the wayside and sometimes yeah. just with one little department of the church. Sometimes the missions organizations judge the local churches because it's only a department when in their world, that's the main thing that that's right. all do is think nations, 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 great commission. So just humbly approaching one another without judgmental attitudes. Sometimes the church side of things has judgmental attitudes towards the missions organizations. Here they come again, asking for money. Here they come yeah. again, wanting to recruit our best people away from us. I had my eye on this guy for a youth leadership ministry position or something like that. So if we can just be open-handed with people and dollars and just have mm -hmm. a mentality that this is truly about Jesus's kingdom. We yeah. are not trying to build any missions organization. We are not trying to build first church so-and-so. But man, if we could just really humbly focus on Jesus and his kingdom first, yeah. be really open-handed, how can we work together when a missionary does show some interest in a local church? How does the local church get involved? The missions pastor, the head pastor, the small group? How does the missions organization get involved and all of us together kind of come mm -hmm. around that person and pray for them and disciple them rather than looking at one another as competition or poaching other people or yeah. sheep stealing like just really having a kingdom kingdom mentality of how can we raise up laborers for this end time harvest yeah so um talk to that missionary who is sitting there on the field and you know is got the young that that, that young crop coming over to them uh, or or maybe doesn't want that young crop coming what are some encouraging words you might want to say to them um, I mean, I always have to tell the young missionaries that we're training the Timothy passage that says, don't let people look down on you because you're young, but yeah. you use the standard and purity and speech and all these different areas. So I tell the veteran missionaries of, hey, don't look down on these young Timothys that are aspiring and wanting to get involved in missions. Yes, they're going to be zealous. Yes, they're going to make cultural mistakes, but I did a lot of traveling in Morocco and India and Thailand and all these different places, uh, talking to missionaries, talking to national pastors saying, hey, we're a missionary training organization. We equip people to send them to the field. And I'm trying to find quality organizations for them to join, healthy local churches for them to be a part of. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find mentors for them when they land on the field. And as I talked to all these different missionaries and pastors, I couldn't find very many at all that were willing to pour into the next generation. I think some of these statistics about missionaries not lasting more than two or four years has left a bad taste in missionaries' yeah. mouth. Like, man, I don't want to spend time with this new guy because I don't know if he's going to make it or not. He's probably yeah. going to pack his bags, can't get along with the team, not able to learn the language. He's underfunded. He'll probably be gone in two years, man. The better use of my time is I'm just going to pour into the indigenous folks, the nationals. And I totally understand that, but I would encourage missionaries to do what they can to embrace the younger generation and invest in them and walk alongside them. Even if they've had some bad experiences in the past, I think all of us as a missions enterprise are trying to do a better job of getting the right people to the field, screening and vetting a little bit better, doing the work we need to do on the front mm -hmm. end. So that's a little bit more healthy and productive and, you know, humble, <laughs> yeah. uh, ready to work hard when they hit the fields. I would just tell them not to give up on this next generation of, labors that we're trying to raise up yeah and and to that to that i think too on the church side 
we need to be better at and more intentional about to walking with those people who say to us, Hey, we want to go on the mission field. Um, not that we want to discourage them, but because we want them to, to make sure that they are fully equipped, they are fully aware because we don't want them to come back either. Like if that's their calling, we want to see them fulfill it. And, and we have a really important mission. So I think, you know, for, for us on the church side, for those of us who've been in the church side and the pastoral side, even the mobilization side, just really being intentional about walking with that person, um, just really trying to love on them, encourage them, disciple them and yeah. help and help them on maybe address some things that we see ahead of time. Like, mm-hmm. especially for us as pastors, cause we will see that kid in the youth group. Who's like, man, I'm really on fire. I want to go to the whatever and, and reach these <laughs> lost people. And you're like, dude, I love you. And you're, I think that's awesome, but let's, 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 I see this. Let's talk about yeah, it you for, know, sure. ahead, for ahead of time, just really being pastoral, not again, not, you know, not discouraging, but that maybe at the same time being like, look, I love you, but that you're, you're too consumed with first world problems. You, you got to deal yeah. with those. <laughs> sure. Um, and, and just being that encouraging voice to you and, um, and, and as well, um, yeah, that would be my same message for the local church. If we're telling the missionaries they take the time to invest and disciple these young folks, it's the same message for the local church because yeah. maybe they would have a tendency to pull back because, man, why am I going to invest all the time and energy in this guy? And I'm not going to see the fruit of it. He's not yeah. going to lead a small group in the church. He's not going to be one of my leaders for the youth in the future. But yeah. J.D. Greer has this great book called Gaining by Losing. And he oh. basically says the, the more that we can do to invest in people and have open hands and mm-hmm. be willing for the Holy Spirit to grab Paul and Barnabas, some of their best church leaders, and send them to some harvest fields that needed them more. Uh, they, they, he kind of makes the case that God can only bless a church that is really being diligent about making disciples, helping people grow up in Jesus, allowing yeah. them to get moved to other churches or ministries with an open hand. He's like, man, God can only bless that church. They're only going to gain by losing people and investing and discipling people deeply. So yeah, I would encourage them to walk alongside folks. Don't be in a hurry to launch them out to the mission field. Another thing I would say is be honest with the missions organization about reservations Mm -hmm. that you have about certain people. Uh, we, We get references from spiritual mentors and pastors and stuff like that for anybody that comes to our program. And we normally follow up call and say, Hey, I see some yellow flags here. I see some red flags here. Can you tell me what's going on? Um, mm. And sometimes they'll tell us and sometimes they won't, or sometimes they yeah. just don't know. Maybe they're in a big church and they just don't know their flock very well and don't yeah. know their people. So I would just encourage them to, to know their sheep and come alongside them mm-hmm. and disciple them. I had one guy one time that sent in a reference form and we picked up on some other yellow flags. And so we called the pastor and we're like, man, we've got a couple reservations. We're not sure if this guy's going to be, you know, field ready or really yeah. ready for ministry until there's a couple areas that get worked on. And he was like, oh yeah, the person was in the room when I felt filled out the reference form and I just didn't feel the freedom to tell the truth. And I was like, yeah. oh my goodness, local church, please keep those people off the mission field. Do well, not send the people to the mission field that you're wanting to kick out of your church or that you would never consider to be an elder or church or anything right. else. Please send those folks to the mission field so definitely encourage the missions organizations and the local church together to make disciples that make disciples and grow yeah. up healthy people that could go 
minister to people in Jesus name. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think about Ephesians, you know, through all falsehood, like at some point, you know, in discipling, we have to have honest conversations. And so sometimes that means having uh, crucial conversations with individuals, yeah. you know, and saying, look, I love you, but I just don't think you're the right fit for this. Um, I think, you know, this is not the right direction. Yeah. So that's, that's tough. But I mean, again, that's part of being a good leader and good pastor sometimes. Um, so look, let's talk a little bit as we sort of wrap up here. Um, how can people find out more about Global Frontier Mission, what you guys are doing um, and, and just want to sort of follow along or, or maybe they're interested. They've got people that they think would be uh, something that they should check out. Where should they go? Uh, globalfrontiermissions.com is our website .com, shorter yeah. version is gogfm.org that'll get you there as well and okay. that has information we've got one day sort of missions exposure trips we do three day missions exposure trips in clarkston we do summer internships we've got our missionary training program we've got all of our missionary training online for people that mm -hmm. can't drop everything to come to a five-month program in atlanta um, we've got this five week sort of perspectives light. If you're familiar with the perspectives course, it's mm -hmm. really great. Just kind of showing God's heart for the nations all throughout Genesis to Revelation, some of the missionary statistics, and then how to be a global Christian, praying, giving, going, welcoming, sending. Um, so that's a great little tool and that's free on our website as well. Uh, we're yeah, I, w I really wanted to, I was thinking about that one when you were saying that I w i'm glad you said that because i was like oh oh i want i want to talk about that but yeah that's good yeah you guys got that um perspectives um thing that churches can use and people can use to sort of uh, introduce themselves i think that's cool um i'm sorry go ahead i interrupted you but what else no, you're good yep that's free it's on the website it's called the step in study if you want to look for it and give us your address and tell us how many books you want to go through as a small group or a Sunday school class. And we'll send that out to folks and Sweet. everything else can be found on the website. We're on Facebook and Instagram and websites, the best way to get a hold of us. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so before we close, what, um, what's something that, you know, those of us who, who may be listening, we can be praying for, for you guys praying for GCF GFM. Um, if you could pray, for the Lord of the harvest to send labors <laughs> yeah. Luke to over us real specifically, some of the labors we need, we could use some more people that do have missions experience, some yeah. veteran missionaries, maybe they're hitting retirement age, or maybe they're having to come off the field because of aging parents or kids, educational, you know, needs or whatever it is. We could, we could really use some folks that have done life on the field, have experienced yeah. growing families overseas and seen fruit and ministry to invest in the next generation. That's our biggest staff need right now okay. is maybe two more families that really have a heart for training. I've got a really good team right now, but I could use two more that probably have some experience in the Muslim world, the Hindu world, the Buddhist world to mm -hmm. come live incarnationally in Clarkston, reach out to refugees and take students along with them, kind of modeling and assisting and watching and helping them learn how to do cross-cultural ministry. So if you guys could be praying that God would send us a few more key right people to pull that off, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We will be in prayer for that, man. Well, Grant, I thank you for your time. I thanks hanging out with me. I think sharing, thank you sharing your, your heart, you and your wife, just your passion for, um, for, for lost, for the, for reaching on people, uh, unreached people groups. Um, thank you for, 
you know, uh, starting uh, a ministry like Global Frontier Missions, that people can come and get equipped, uh, get some of that pre-field work done uh, so that we can have healthy, um, continued workers on the field, man. That's a, it's a need. And so, you know, thank you guys for, for what you guys do. Thank you for being there in Clarkston and the opportunity to come and hang out with you guys. I know personally, I enjoyed it. Um, I've I already brought my wife and daughter down to Clarkston to hang out and they're, <laughs> My wife was just saying last night, she was like, uh, what do you want to do? I was like, what do you want to do for your birthday? She's like, can we go to Clarkston? And I'm like, wow. yeah, that's fine with me. Let's do it. So, um, yeah. She's so going to feel like you're in a totally different country. No yeah. passport. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I appreciate all you guys do and I appreciate your time, man. So I want to thank you for hanging out with us today. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey, that's going to do it for this week's episode. I am so grateful for you to be here. I also want to thank my guest, Grant uh, from GFM, for joining us. Uh, Please check out everything they're doing. You can find their website in the description below. As always, if you haven't subscribed, please do so. You can do it wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go to globalcitymission.org slash podcast. You can also check out all of our past episodes as well as new episodes that we post every single Wednesday. And of course, if you want to learn more about what we're doing at Global City Mission, please go to globalcitymission.org to learn more. It was great hanging out with you and I can't wait to do it again next week.